Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today, slash this afternoon, slash evening, whenever you're listening to this, I'm actually recording with, yes, yet another new guest co-host. This time, this gentleman comes from a past co-host connection. Shout out to Henry Kaminsky. And he brought us a wonderful new co-host with a lot of interesting background, ladies and gentlemen. He's an accomplished author, international speaker, professor, business advisor, entrepreneur, and inventor, because that's, if that's not enough for you guys. Uh, he holds an academic appointment at Middle Tennessee State University as a special assistant to the Dean for Student Success and Strategic Partnerships in the College of Behavioral and Health Sciences. That's right. We talk a lot about health, business, and lifestyle on this show. And without further ado, Mr. Colby Jumanville, PhD, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, and thanks for spending some time together. I hope that what we share today can resonate with your your platform and and the people that are connected with you and i look forward to to doing that today with you so thank you well thank you for joining us and thank you for the thank yous and uh i i have to dive right in because well okay it's my, it's my show and i love the fact <laughs> that you're working with the college of behavioral and health sciences so yeah. i got to dabble in a little of that when i i went back for a, a bs in marketing and psychology a few years back and uh, ended up falling in love with psychology. And a quick thing I didn't tell you was, since launching this show in 2016, we keep coming back to a lot of mindset-related content. Even though the tagline is health, business, and lifestyle, I find yeah. mindsets coming up all the time. I figured you would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, mindset is such an important part of it. Um, I played football in college for a guy named Tommy Raniger. And the simple idea that I took away over the four years of playing there, and there's so many great stories, playing Division Three football, getting on buses, going for 27 hours to get beat uh, and drive <laughs> back down the mountain and come back 27 hours. But the simple idea was how to use adversity to accelerate growth, hmm. how to use adversity to accelerate growth. And that is a mindset. So. Do you find, I, I got to challenge you a little, See, I love co-hosting, this is fun. So yeah. do you find that it is easier or more challenging or the same for undergraduate versus graduate versus adults on that exact subject? Well, I've been doing this a long time and, and here's my thought behind that. People don't want personal development as much as they want personal change. Mm. Wow. And so if, if you walk into a room and say, we're going to develop your mindset, then they don't, they're not able to understand that. And so when I say that people want personal change versus personal development, what they want to change is the narrative. And so the narrative has either been written for them or by them. And if you don't understand their narrative, you can't help them create a new narrative which leads to a new mindset, which leads to new opportunities for success. So our formula at the center for student coaching and success at MTSU and that College of Behavioral Health Sciences is personal assessment, personal coaching, personal change. Hmm. I love it. I, I think you're, you, you make it sound so much more clear and obvious, uh, but that's why I had to ask you this question because uh, I, I've been to Tony Robbins events. I go to a lot of uh, professional professional and personal development. It's become a bit of an adjunkie. Uh, I will say people, I mean, don't just go to the personal and professional development events. Actually take action on the stuff you actually learn. <laughs> um, yes. But to your point, let's be real. I'm actually, I launched a podcast and I, I love online content because I am trying to create positive change in this world. There's enough negative negative behavior out there. There's enough negative repercussions at least we got to at least each at least take some accountability to create positive change. But to your point, we do have to have some personal accountability. Uh, actually, I remember a great tagline when I was in the corporate space. I, I was an analyst with T-Mobile was one of their taglines might have been even a mission statement was we are personally and collectively accountable for our results. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the interesting thing was they started off with the word you just told us personally, like personal accountability. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, I, I think that all things today in business and in life get done through personal relationships and personal brands. And the interesting thing is we, we don't teach people how to build personal relationships or how to build personal brands. 
And so if you talk about lifestyle, I, I think that if you, if you really get down to the essence of people and what we all want, I think everybody really wants two things, lifestyle and freedom. Yes. And lifestyle to me is not the car you drive, the house you have, the lake house you have, the boat you have. Lifestyle to me is, is a philosophy that focuses on becoming the person you're supposed to become in order to live the life that you're supposed to live. And so once you understand that lifestyle is built around that simple idea, then how do you wake up every day and become the person you're supposed to become? Well, that, that personal assessment piece that I talked about with the center mm -hmm. is a critical piece to all of this. And so we use Harrison assessment assessments. We partner with Harrison assessments because Harrison measures behavior versus personality. You can change people's person uh, behavior, but you cannot change their personality. And so we use behavioral based assessment. They take one assessment, they take one assessment and we get six reports. Those reports are reports that focus on things like your life themes, uh, your greatest strengths, emotional intelligence, which is the number one predictor of performance in the workplace, um, summary and keywords, which is your personal brand, and then career, uh, career development and career options based on performance enjoy enjoyment theory. And what we know about people is that enjoyment, enjoyment performance theory, the more they enjoy something, they'll, they'll perform at a greater level. The more they get positive feedback, they'll perform at a greater level. Now, there's a lot to unpack there, but the, the takeaway, I think, for the audience is if you believe that lifestyle is about becoming the person that you're supposed to become in order to live the life you're supposed to live, then you've got to shift your mindset away from this idea that we're taught these silly things. We're taught that if you want more, you got to have more opportunity. If you want more, you got to have more relationship. If you want more, you got to have more education. No, if you want more, the very first thing you have to have more of is yourself. Mm -hmm. Dig deep. And we do that through assessments. That assessments does allows us to do the heavy lifting. And then we use narrative based coaching sessions behind that to help them create the new narrative for themselves. Well, I love where you're coming with this because and we'll have to dig into that in a second here as far as like some of the books you've helped influence here. But, uh, I mean, you brought up one of the key things with strengths. And I brought this up to somebody. I've had this book for so long, and I've used this for clients. But have you ever heard of uh, Tom Rath's Strengths Finder 2.0? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Love the book. Now, granted, this sounds yes. like it's only one component of your master formulation. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I always appreciated about this, which completely flipped my brain years ago, was, you know, through – depending on your mentor – you know, we're always trying to improve ourselves, especially people like me become obsessed with it, right? It's like, okay, well, I just you know, keep, keep hacking it, right? Keep optimizing it. I want more, I want more. And then you realize, and you read books like this or work with people like you, it's like, oh, wait a minute. In this case, this book's case, it's like, wait a minute. Why am I spending all this time spinning my wheels in the mud yep. trying to develop these natural weaknesses versus my natural strengths? Well, my strengths clearly are my strengths for a reason. They, they, they've come naturally to me. I thrive in these, in these states. So it's like, yeah. why aren't you using the energy and the power from that? And then when you can justify it, you know, outsource a weakness here and there, maybe bring somebody onto your team, et cetera, et cetera. So depending on who I'm coaching, who I'm talking to branding wise or marketing wise, it's like, I go to a lot of different angles, but I just love this book. But I love the fact that it was one of the key things in your formulation that you brought up here was strengths. Yeah. And a lot of people well, don't understand that. It's culturally, it's culturally ingrained into our education system to focus on weaknesses versus strengths. That's where that comes from. Yeah, but how? Do, and now, so you are in the academic world. <laughs> so somebody like you saying that is very interesting because usually everybody else is talking about it. Once you get into the entrepreneurial space, like me, and and you start going outside of the traditional academic world, and yeah, well, and I think it's why I think it's why one guy gave me a million dollars to launch my center for student coaching and success. Mm -hmm. See, here, here's here's the deal: kids come to college for one reason; they don't know it. They come to college for what's called gainful employment. Mm -hmm. And when I ask them what gainful employment is, they can't tell me. So I say, pull out your phone, go to Google. It's the most inexpensive, expansive textbook on the planet. <laughs> Type in gainful employment and tell me what you see. And so the definition of gainful employment is where you get some kind of meaning, purpose, or contribution for the work that you do. And so I teach them the simple idea, employment's trading time for money. Mm -hmm. You don't need formal education to trade time for money. True. Gain, gainful employment is where you get some kind of meaning, purpose, and contribution. So every decision that you make moving forward, the filter for you 
is, is this going to help me become gainfully employed? The vision for the center at MTSU is to help MTSU students become gainfully employed in their chosen career path prior to walking across the stage at graduation. What a novel idea. Wow. To, to have them actually have gainful employment prior to graduation. You're blowing my mind. I'm going to do some screen sharing right now. Is this the page right here? Yes, that yeah. is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, I mean, for who are listening and not watching on the YouTube feed when we post this, uh, go to mtsu.edu. Obviously, that's the university. And then it's slash CBHS success. Uh, and I'll have this all linked in the show notes in the blog article. That's what we do. Uh, I try to make it as easy as possible for you guys to find all this stuff. But again, CBHS Center for Student Coaching and Success. So I love this because, number one, I until you, I never knew <laughs> programs like this existed. Um, it's one of the reasons why I never went back for like a master's or anything else, because I already started digging deep and saying, wait a minute, I'm learning more now gainfully than I learned in traditional, uh, you know, education. So yeah. nothing against traditional education. I mean, I think, but the most important thing for you, what you've just brought up now is, and, and uh, to help you part of the biggest target audience I have for this show is to impact the next generation, the millennials and beyond, because I'm Gen X, I'm 40. Uh, I'm not sure where you're at. I'm sure we're somewhere closer to each other than maybe half of our listeners, but this I'm is the point. Too. Yeah, so it's like, let's let's give back. Let's provide the guidance. I think that's one of the responsibilities we have, whether you're defining wisdom, whether you're defining you know that gainful purpose, is like, if you've learned a lot about something that clearly could help change somebody else's life, please share it. <laughs> so... I'm interested to hear how you're going to ring in on that. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've made, I've made a lot of, I've had a lot of success by doing just that. I mean, I, I could tell you story after story, you know, I think, I think for all of us, I think we're commanded to, to find our voice and voice is the intersection of talent and passion and conscience and need in the world that only you can provide. Hmm. But before I go down that path, I want to I want to take a step back because I want to finish the thought that you had about focusing on your strengths. The best way that I've ever heard this described is by by a guy named Dan Sullivan. Okay. And he calls it unique ability. And he said there's four levels of work. There's incompetence. We all know what that is. There's competence. We all know what that is. There's uh, excellence, and then there's unique ability. And he calls the excellence piece, he calls it the excellence trap because what happens is Colby's really good at what he does. Colby gets paid really well for what he does. People know Colby for doing that, but it does not, it does not give Colby energy. And so Colby stays frustrated. He's really good at it, gets paid for it, but stays frustrated because it's not his unique ability. It's not what he was gifted at. And so unique ability According to Sullivan, is this place that you get to in life where it gives you energy and it gives other people energy. It creates new levels of challenges, new levels of results. That's what we should be trying to get people to move towards. That's the that's the next big opportunity. And so I I, I found I call it voice, and voice is the intersection of talent and passion and conscience and need in the world. And I went to St. Paul's High School in Mobile, and when I played football there, we were we were two and eight. They win state champions every year now. And and they graduate people like A.J. McCarron and Jake Coker and Mark Barron, the, the greats from the University of Alabama. So we set the foundation for greatness at, uh, wow. at St. Paul. All right. We beat the two Christian schools, Mobile <laughs> Christian and Broward Christian. So Drop, Dropping the mic there a little. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so at St. Paul's, I had these incredible coaches and great coaches in my life. That they did three things for me. They made me have conversations I didn't want to have. Mm. They made me do things I didn't think I could do to ultimately become something I didn't think I could become. And so here's the moment. Here's the moment you talk about, you know, we're commanded to give it back to the next generation. Here's the moment where, where I decided I would coach and teach on an ever increasing stage at St. Paul's in 10th grade. I coached my little brother's basketball team and it was an intramural team and it was boys and girls co-ed fifth and sixth grade, fourth and fifth grade. And so we had 30 minutes to practice and the, and the scores of the games were usually like two to zero or four to three or four to two, something like that. And so I decided I would work on this one play, and I called the play number one. And what I told Zach, who's the only kid that could dribble on the team, I said, you hold up number one. And kids, when you see that, you go run down and you set up on the blocks. And so it's a man-to-man -man league, and they play man-to-man -man defense. And help me with this. You tell me. When we tell kids to play man-to-man -man defense, we say, you go where? They go. They go. Yeah. I played I play ball when I was younger. So 
They take it, they take it literally. And yeah. so, and so I said, Zach, if this goes the way I think we're going to, you're going to have, it's going to be one-on-one you and the guy in front of you, because they're going to follow them. And so I told the kids, when he comes across the half court line, I want you to go up into the stands and hug your parents. And so I said, Zach, if this works the way I think it's going to, they're going to go run up in the stands. They're going to follow them. You're going to be one-on-one. All you got to do is jab step to the left and you can just lay it up to the right. And so he holds up the number one. They go running up into the stands. Both sides start laughing. The kids follow him. Crowd's going crazy. He jab steps to the left and he goes and he lays it in the scores. And we win the game two to nothing. Now, <laughs> the, the, the takeaway for the audience is this, is – Coach uh, Santoli, Sandy Santoli, who was the commissioner of the league, he came over there. He got the microphone. He goes, well, that was a great play. I'm going to wave the basket. And so he comes down there and he puts his arm around me. He says, Colby, you're going to be a great coach one day. Just not today. I'm waving the basket. (laughs) And so here's the takeaway. I think that leadership and coaching is about affirming and validating the worth and potential in other people in such a clear way that they can see it for themselves. And so for the first time I walked out of that gym and I said, I'm going to be a great coach one day. Hmm. And so I think that's the moment that, that we are commanded to help that group after us figure that out. And that's what I spent my whole life doing. I, I love where we're going with this because I, I'm going to personalize this for you. I, I, I never planned on getting into coaching, right? Yeah. I, don't th- I don't think you really can plan it. I think that's what I'm hearing from you is eventually maybe you just realize maybe it comes naturally. It gets good at, you know, I, I, I was in a corporate space and uh, they actually changed our job titles from managers to coaches. Right. And first of all, that, that's a scary move because not everybody is designed to be a coach. Let's just go ahead and put that right out there right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, heck there's people who shouldn't be managers and they are clearly a difference. Uh, but I, I took the education seriously. That's how I was hinting at it earlier was last time I was down in Nashville. Not Well, maybe not the last time, but the one I was down there for a long period of time, we were down there for a big immersion education training when they moved us from managers to, to this is back in like 03, 04, I don't know. But anyway, the point is, is that that was my first exposure to like, what is coaching, right? And we got into a lot of the behavioral analysis. Like, you know, it's you're not just, oh, this is what you did right, this is what you did wrong. No, you're trying to, recognize people's behaviors, their natural abilities, all this stuff. Well, anyway, then you fast forward. At the same time, my free time, I'm teaching spinning classes. Like even though I got the corporate gig, like I, I always had health and fitness, but balancing my life, right? So I'm teaching spinning at six o'clock in the morning, then doing the corporate gig, coaching and developing people. Fast forward further. Then I, uh, I, I don't know why a buddy of mine's like, I'm, I start teaching him how to be a better mountain biker. He's like, hey man, you're really good at this. Uh, I'd like to help you become a better skier. And then next thing you know, I'm a USSA ski race coach for 11 years for kids. And, wow. then, you, and then you fast forward later. And these all, it's all like side, side jobs. These aren't, this, this is not about income. Trust me. <laughs> you don't make yeah. squat doing these things. But I just always end up doing it. Even to this day. Like now I'm, now I'm a CFL1 CrossFit coach, right? So I've coached numerous sports. But I don't have the time anymore. I, I choose not to. I've actually tried to reallocate all that energy. And I don't officially brand myself as a professional coach. I'd have people call, literally say, I am their coach. And I was like, well, I'm not using that, right? There's enough coaches out there in the world. I'm, I purposely am not u- using that right now in my business or my brand. So I'm just intrigued to see how you'd feedback on that because someone like yourself, I mean, you're at a whole different level than I am. And I find that if coaching does come naturally and you've been able to spread it across multiple domains from the business world to the sports and fitness world to one-on-one to groups, you know, and now, now I've started dabbling in public speaking in the past couple of years. You are clearly uh, <laughs> been speaking longer than I am. Obviously, I have a podcast show, so clearly I speak. So I'm just interesting. Like, what's your observation on all that stuff? Like, just to put you on point and call me out. Like, what, what's going on, man? What am I doing? <laughs> well, you know, it's the natural evolution, I think, of anybody's career. You know, it's, it's the idea of control versus engagement. I mean, in, early in our careers, we try to control versus engage. Hmm. And so... Um, what we make up in experience, we, we, we use an effort to try to, to over-engage. And so I look at management like this. Managers get paid to do two things as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Solve problems and make decisions. 
and how they solve problems and make decisions ultimately define the results for the organization. Those results are going to define whether they move up, down, or stay right where they are in their career. The phenomenon of them staying right where they are in their career and hitting this ceiling that they can't break through is called the Peter Principle. Not Have heard of that heard one. No. Okay. The, the Peter Principle is, and, and when I read this, I thought it was wrong, but it's not. The Peter Principle is we were all rise to our highest level of incompetence. Ooh. And, and what I always was taught was that you rise to your highest level of potential. Yes. I, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Yes. So, but it's not true. Huh. The reason that, that I am where I am is because I've reached this level that I can't see past it. Right. And I need, I need coaching yes. to help me to see past it. And so coaches, as opposed to they, they get paid to solve problems and make decisions too. Um, but in our world, coaches use three very simple ideas. It's, it's do, do they, is the not that they have, it's where they get tripped up in them not knowing, not doing, or not understanding. And mm -hmm. once you understand those things, is it because they don't want to do it? Is it because they don't know how to do it? Or is it because they can't see it? And if you use questions, insightful questions to pull that from them, that's the role of, of a coach in, in the corporate setting is to get them to make sense of it for themselves by asking those kinds of questions focused on seeing, wanting, or knowing. Interesting. I like that. It's, it's, I, I love reflecting back to that time when I was in that role and you're helping me dig a little bit deeper in a, in a different way because I, it didn't, it, it took a couple of years of, of that shift to shift my brain. Right. It was like, Oh yeah. yes. Uh, qualitative and quantitative analysis was always incorporated in, but now it was being looked at in a different way. And, yeah. uh, and then eventually I ended up leaving that role and moving on to, to a corporate position as an analyst. Cause I got really, I realized I just really loved data and was digging deeper into that. Uh, but then I really, I eventually left, moved on to a different role into a different company after that, because it was fun and it tapped into my analytical mindset, but I, I didn't realize until years later, I didn't realize that yes, analytical is a natural strength and I've done the strengths finder and that's one of my strengths, but I'm a people person. So when I moved into that analyst role, it was just me and the data. And when I was in the coaching role, I'm working with 20, 30 people. So I went from lots of people to no people. <laughs> so, uh, and again, you have to go through these things and make these mistakes in your career. Um, it, cause I didn't have a coach at that time. I loved your point on that because this comes up often uh, you as you being a coach and a speaker. And while I'm explaining this, I'm gonna do some more screen sharing for our video feed. Um, and again, ladies and gentlemen, his core site is his name. It's DR. Am I saying that right? By the way, Jubinville. Jubinville, yeah. Oh, wow. I nailed that one. All right. DrJubinville.com. And right now I'm just sharing the coaching page. But how many times am I seeing these days? And I'm going to I'm gonna say it my way, and I'll, I'll let you have your wonderful professional spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a lot of coaches that are calling themselves coaches. <laughs> yeah. And they're – and I, I hate to bring age into it, but like, hey, I'm 21 years old, and I'm going to coach the millennials to be multimillionaires or – Hey, I'm your new Instagram coach and you have 500 Instagram followers. And I'm like, why is it that everybody's rushing into to be a coach when here's the, here's the thing you don't have a coach. All right. I, to this day, even more now than ever, I always have a coach. Even if I've outgrown my coach, right? That ceiling you're talking about. Okay. It's time to transition on, look for a newer, higher level of influence or that, that person that's you're looking to break through that next ceiling. And yeah. so I've changed coaches now probably three times in the past four years. And I've noticed it's accelerated based on, uh, on, on acceleration. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, depending on where I'm going, I might, I might burn out of that relationship. So I don't know what, what's your feelings on that? Well, there's lots to unpack there, but I do think <laughs> we talked about this and I wrote a book with a, a friend of mine from way back called zebras and cheetahs. And the subs published by Wiley and Sons and the, the whole context of the book was how to get paid for your value versus your time. Mm. And so the way I came up with value versus time is, you know, the old saying about college professors, right? Those who can do and those who can't. Oh, wait a minute. How'd you finish that one? Teach. And those who ah. can't teach, teach PE. 
That's the old Woody Allen joke. <laughs> oh man, I was gonna say my, my dad used to tell me that one. So, so, so I say all that because in that book, and so what I my response I used to listen to that, you know that when they say oh you college professors those who can do and those who can't teach, but here's the takeaway for your audience. And it speaks to what you're talking about. If you can do and teach, you get paid for your value and not your time. Uh -huh. And so that's why you've seen this big push with coaching, because in the book that, that we wrote, Zebras and Cheetahs, we called it the coaching revolution. And we said that either you are a coach or you have a coach or you don't want to be coached. And if you don't want to be coached, you're going to be left behind. Hmm. And so, and so I think that's really what we're experiencing here in, in the economy that we live in today. I think we live in the experience-based economy where people ask questions, simple questions like, you know, how is my time and money being well spent with you? How am I being made better? Right. There it is. And I tell people all the time, just, just, uh, just, uh, um, as, as a, um, as a side note, I say, now look, I think the book's great. I wrote it. <laughs> but the cover is awesome. So today, judge the book by its cover because lime green with the combination of a, a zebra and a cheetah is pretty cool. I, I will admit, it was, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm screen sharing right now for the video feed. You literally got a zebra up top and then the title is positioned perfectly to split them up. And then all of a sudden, you're, it looks like the zebra's walking on, on, uh, on, on cheetah legs. It's very creative. I like that. So stay agile to survive the business jungle. Yeah. So, how was that book done, by the way? I mean, yep. I, if you don't mind me asking, you had that. That's, that's where it all started for me. And the guy that I wrote that book with, a guy named Mike, you know, less than less than ninety-five uh, percent of all books sold sell less than five hundred copies. Really? And so, yeah. um, we sold in the thousands. I would say five. Um, it's certainly, I think it could do a whole lot now. Uh, called me how to sell who you are what you do and why you matter to the world with my good friend don roy hmm. and now i'm working on a third book called the relational leader the relational leader with a guy named warren brent so books are hard but they're fun you know in the beginning when i wrote that book that first book i, I think i threw it in the trash maybe a hundred times because you know you get so critical of your own self who, who's going to read your book but it got picked up by wiley which is a big deal it is. I was going to say, I mean, that's not a small publishing company. No. Um, no. Now, do you, oh, here's a good question. So obviously we talk a little business on here and actually I've had a lot of health and fitness related influencers and everything else. And in the end, I'm going to kind of rewind back to earlier in the show. And you talked about the power and the value of personal branding. And I'm a big advocate for this because obviously my brand is live the fuel. But as I tell other people, like my brand is also Scott Mulvaney. And when I got into branding for perspective, I said, you know what? You got two choices. If you've already started taking a lot of aggressive action out there in the world before you developed a per se brand name, your name might become that brand. So you could just keep building the brand behind your name. Uh, and then obviously any other brands that you start creating, products, services, brand names, et cetera, then ride along with that. Or in my case, I wasn't as well known out there yet. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to build Live the Fuel. And then my name goes along with it, right? But now, obviously, when I do public speaking and stuff, I'm building that brand behind my name. Yeah. So I'm just intrigued from that perspective because obviously, speaker, author, blogger, educator, uh, which one of those did you really start digging into first to help build your personal brand? Well, it starts with, with being an educator and a coach. Uh -huh. And there's... Uh, I think that in the book, we talk about Don and I talk about this. I try to keep things very simple, but brand to me, if you look at just brand, the definition of brand is, is that promise that's delivered in experience. Hmm. Brand is promise delivered in experience. Personal brand is the meaning, makeup and message of your promise and how you deliver it. Wow. And so at the core of who I am, I'm a coach. I started a college football team in 1998. No phones, no computers, no players, no uniforms. There was a piano in my office and I could play it, but it wouldn't help me recruit the right people. <laughs> and at some point we ended up, I think probably 21st in the nation for a couple of weeks. And, um, 
And when you build an organization, a college football program from the ground up, um, there's, there's a lot of moments that happen that are great teachers and accelerators of your own growth. And so I know we don't have time for that today, um, but I'll never forget, you know, Coach Joseph, who hired me, Norman Joseph, he hired me. And, and once I'm relentless, once I get on something, I won't stop. So I found out they were starting this football program, and I called this guy. I didn't know him. I said, Coach Joseph, you don't know me, but my name's Colby Jubenville, and I'm going to call you every day until you call me back. Well, 45 days later, he called me back. <laughs> and he said, I don't know who you are, but you're, you're dang persistent. Can you meet me at the Waffle House in Hattiesburg, Mississippi? I got 400 people interviewing for this job, but I'll at least talk to you. Well, I'd coached the year before that at Pedal Middle School, and I wasn't a real good coach. <laughs> And so he said, I want you to come down here and talk to me about coaching offensive line and, and, um, and uh, you know, how you, would, how you would do that. And so I get there, and he orders like a double-covered chunk diced, you know, hamburger topped with mozzarella cheese. And I wear a water. And interviewing for your first job is nerve-wracking, but interviewing at a Waffle House was- is – is like interviewing at an Exxon bathroom. It's just disgusting. Yeah, I was going to say – I, I – this- I don't want to say sad part. I know what a Waffle House is. Um, I I spent a two, year two thousand. I tried moving down to South, and I, I it was just too slow down for me at the time. So I moved back north. But I lived in Greenville, South Carolina, and my oldest best friend still lives down there. And man, Waffle Houses, smothered, covered, chunked, yeah, all that. <laughs> it's crazy. And so. And so we get done with the interview, and he says, well, I know two things. Number one, you don't know anything about coaching offensive line. And I said, no, sir, I don't. Hmm. He said, number two, I think if I gave you a chance, you'd go out and recruit 35 guys that could, uh, that could help us win. I said, you give me a chance, and I'll find 40, and they'll stay four years and, and be all conference. And so he gave me a chance. And so we're talking about here personal brands. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, you know, you asked me at the core, so I just share with you the very one of the very first stories about how I developed that. Now, here's the other part of that core, of that coaching core. Now, here's the cool part. Once I got that job, he gave me $3,000 of his own money. And he said, I want you to go see these three coaches, and I want you to learn everything you can from them. One of them was Larry Zerline. He's the godfather of the stretch zone. The other one's J.B. Grimes. He was at Texas A&M. He's he is the, one of the most innovative offensive line coaches in the short game in the country. And so through those, those meetings with those guys, I was able to absorb all that information and come back wow. and, and create what I wanted to create and, and literally went from probably being one of the worst offensive line coaches in the country to being somebody that, that was ready to, uh, to deliver value every day and get paid for that. And so, that's a great example of, of how you articulate to other people about your personal brands, because once you do it through stories, stories give people the ability to make sense of their own change. True. So that, that's a, you know, I think that's a great way for, for other people to, um, to talk about their personal brand. It's, it's based on the, the experiences that you have in life, the meaning, the makeup and the message. You know, I got to say, to connect exactly on what you were just talking about. It's just why, why I'll start with a question. Cause you're just, you're just hitting them out of the park right now. Um, why is it that people are afraid to tell the truth? It is to go back to the basic psychology of fear of rejection. Like the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you like, you just shared, a, a, you know, stories, actual stories from your life. And in, nowadays in the online market, you can only post so much polished content right like polished perfected content the, the more powerful stuff is the truthful behind the scenes stuff that's well yeah because here's why Brene brown says it best vulnerability fuels connection the most basic need of people is to connect and feel connected so that's why i've been able to have so much success is when when i go out into the audience and i speak they can feel that vulnerability I'm not afraid to share that with them. Your walls are down. You're, you're approachable. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I failed. Agree. I failed just like you. And here's, here's what I learned, you know, and, and, um, uh, you know, you, you talked about feedback. I, when I go out and coach people, I'll say, Hey, where do you learn the most in the learning process? Where do you learn the most? And they'll say things like, Oh, when you fail, no, 
Oh, um, uh, through experience. No, where you learn the most is through feedback. Mm -hmm. Somebody that can provide you feedback specific to the challenges that you have right in front of you. And if you think back to playing college football, they had that cowboy remote and they would rewind it and go, look where your hands are. Look where your feet are. Look where your eyes are. I mean, every piece of that feedback was giving you exactly what you need to make sure that you can go out the next day and get better. And so what I figured out is that highly successful, highly influential, highly intelligent people crave, crave feedback. Yeah. Uh, back to sports. I mean, sa same thing in ski racing, right? I mean, as a coach, I'm going to step back because I have a standing desk here, but like position, right? We're telling our kids all the time, like, guys, where are your hands at? They don't know. Like, their hands are down here. Like, hands are up here with your ski poles because that puts you into a athletic stance, right? Engaged. Fronts of the tee, fronts of your skis are pressured. You can actually cut into the snow. You have control. Your hands go back. Your body goes back. And then eventually sometimes, you know, to, a, to help the – the visual learners versus the auditory learners. It's like, okay, well, we're going to have to video this. We're going to have to show it to you. You're not, you, yeah. you don't get it. But drilling that repetition in and be, the body awareness, I mean, I th yeah. it, it, it totally crosses over into the business space too. If you don't have somebody looking at what you're doing or at least hearing what you're doing and then giving you that feedback, yeah. you're just going to keep spinning your wheels. Yeah. So, right. so, so here's the funny thing. Oh, man, before I hired my first business coach, and this is because I tell people all the time, like, again, every coach should have a coach. I truly believe yeah. that. Um, I, I have no problem admitting that. It, it kind of like freaked me out, and it wasn't a matter of rejection. I think I was fear. I think I was afraid to hear what they were gonna say, right? Like, because uh, I am my own worst critic, and but is that a bad thing to be your own worst critic? I don't know. Well, we all are, so. <laughs> 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 like I literally to this day, apparently I'm an, I've spoken at a couple podcast conferences now and I tell people this and they think I'm weird. Um, I listen to every single one of my podcasts. I was doing it today before I got back here. I was listening to the one that I aired this morning. I air them every Monday and Friday and I go back and I listen to the, I, I can't always get the whole show done in the first day. I might have to listen to it while I'm traveling, but I listen to, I've listened to every single one of my shows. And apparently that is a rarity in the podcast world. Cause everybody says they don't have time. Right. And I said, dude, I can't always have my co-hosts like yourself always follow up with me and tell me what they thought. I want to go back and hear it before they did to see if I can improve upon that. And that's just yeah. me. I, I, cause I have my own worst critic. So <laughs> um, I hear that. I mean, have you ever done that where when you speak, uh, or when you present, uh, do you actually have like a videographer every once in a while? Or do you try, I mean, if they allow it, I know sometimes some of your stuff on your page, I know you've spoken at like government hearings or, or like uh, town hall type stuff, everything else. I don't know if they even want that stuff videoed, but <laughs> yeah, they, um, they, they record some, you know, that there are, there are recordings and it's still very hard for me because to watch it because, um, uh, you know, you're, you're turning the camera on yourself, but that's, that's the most powerful tool to get better. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, about embracing your fears. I mean, again, whether we're talking about fitness, health, uh, afraid to go to the doctor to get that medical checkup, whatever it may be. It's a guy's yeah. like, the sooner you embrace that fear, the sooner you're over with it and you, and you've just taken the power out of it. Right. I, it, this, it, the longer we, stay afraid of something, the more power it gains. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Cause sure. I, I, I'm one of those adrenaline junkies. I love like right now, here you go. You'll appreciate this. I can't swim for crap. I mean, I'm just God awful. I've done, I, I've been, I used to serve as a wildland firefighter out West when I left the corporate world. That's part of my backstory. That's why fire is in the logo. Um, you know, I've skydived. I, I race mountain bikes, skiing. Like I do, I, I do all the crazy stuff, rock climbing. I've never embraced water. What am I doing the past month and a half right now? I have a swimming coach getting me ready for my first triathlon at the end of July because I got tired of my fiance uh, ripping on me because she's like, oh, mister, I do everything and, and, and you won't go near water. <laughs> so trust me, it's, it's not easy right now, but I'm embracing it. It's good. And by the you'll, way, you'll be, you'll be better for it. I will be, but it's quite embarrassing when you look at me trying to swim, but... <laughs> <laughs> you told me I talk about a fish out of water. It's just, not, yeah. it's just not pretty, man. It's just not pretty. Um, yeah. But uh, do you have any examples of that on your end, man? Like even even to this day, right? You've you've gained some impressive experience. But like, what do you do now 
to get yourself into that, you know, embrace the fear zone, embrace the challenge zone. Like what are some of the ways that someone like you who have done so much speaking and coaching and everything else, and now you're influencing the next generations with your school. So what, what are some ways you challenge yourself? Well, the answer that's really simple as far as I'm concerned, if you want to get better, you got to get around people who are better than you. Wonderful. I love that. And so, and so there's a guy that I work with named, named Warren Brent that uh, Brent Consulting Group that has just really challenged me over the last two years. And, then, and I'll never forget in our first meeting, we met at this New Year's Day party. And um, a good friend of mine, John Byers, had this party. And, and I have been given the gift of discernment from God. And so I can feel Warren trying to peer into my soul. Warren's like six, eight, and I can feel him trying to do it. I don't want him in there. I'm like, get out of there. That's not for you to be in. And so we take a meeting about a month later, about three hours into two hours into the meeting, he just stands up and Warren's like six, eight. He goes, okay, I don't know what to do with you. Come back next week. <laughs> wow. So, he said to me. so I walked out. <laughs> and I got in the car and I call, you know, I just was, I called uh, my wife at the time and I was like, uh, you know, this guy just wasted my time for two hours and, and I was so upset, but I did go back and he did challenge me. And um, while the beginning of our relationship was, was difficult, it was him challenging me to, to see things that I had that I hadn't used before. And it's been a powerful experience. Well, I, I love that because I almost wonder if that initial piece of feedback was his own subtle way of challenging you to see if you would come back. It, it was, sure. Because I was like, was it basically rejection, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, let's, yeah. let's, 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 let's give him a little shout out in the video here. I no, I God, I'm good. Don't make me shudder. There's Warren. <laughs> Warren Brent. B BC again, ladies and gentlemen, this is bcg-usit.com. I'll, I'll I'll mention them in the show notes as well. But I, I believe you're on here, aren't you? Are you part of the team there too? I am. Yep. There he is. Yeah. There you go, senior consultant and speaker. Looks like you guys got a great team. Oh man, there's there's some rock stars on that team. Yeah. So so this is the this guy is six seven. I think six seven six eight. Yeah. yeah I'm six four, but all right. I, I mean, you can just look at the photo. He just looks like. A really tall guy. <laughs> well, he's, he's all business, brother. I'm gonna tell you something. He said, "What's so funny is I, I called him one day. We'd have these meetings, and I called him one day. I finally figured it out. You're all you're all logic, and I'm all intuition. Ah, and that's that. We we just come from two very different places, but but I need to you know I need to understand that and 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 develop that. And so, uh, um, it's been a great relationship to go back and forth and, and get better. I, I love the fact that you brought that comparison up. I mean, not to bring the relationship back into it, but like like my fiance, for example, she and I grew up differently, different different backgrounds, different uh, financial education, et cetera. Yep. And very, very smart woman. I mean, my gosh. I mean, she's a, a doctor of equine, uh, so veterinary medicine. She's a doctor of yep. chiropractic for animals. She went to some wow. very, very nice. I, I, I went to Penn State. That girl went to uh, Cornell and UPenn, and I'm just so proud of her. And but it's funny because every time I'm talking about stuff, I'm very visionary and intuition. And and the key word she always brings back is like, listen, I just got to bring you back to reality or realism where she's she's a realist. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, baby. I was like, listen, we're going to have to accept the fact that you and I think a little bit differently and envision things differently. We got to figure out to work to these strengths and get them to work together. <laughs> Yeah, so that's right. Not, not really the theme of the show. We run, this isn't really like a romance or relationship show, but well, to be fair, that that is business. Could, could be. Yeah. <laughs> business is relationships. So um, there you go. <laughs> and nobody teaches us how to have them. If we if we know that you know one of the things that we talked about was if if we believe that managers get paid to do two things, solve problems, and make decisions. Show me in high school education. Show me in college education where they've systematically taught you how to solve problems and make decisions. Hmm. And so I have, I have a, a model that I've built called, in fact, if you want to pull it up, it's really, really cool. It's called the self-directed self-selected coaching model. Is that on your site? It's on that uh, MTSU site. But if you just type in, um, if you type in Google self-directed self-selected coaching model, Jeebanville, it should come up. I'll get right on that. 
I already found I already found the consulting the six foot seven man. <laughs> With, oh, yeah. I know. If I can find that, oh, do you have some videos on this too? Oh, I just found video. So, well, there's a there's a PDF. There should be a, of the actual model. Oh, okay, one second. But the way that I built this model was I needed so if there's a hundred people in the classroom, the hundredth guy or girl doesn't want to learn anything, and the number one guy or girl wants to learn everything. So. How do we create a self-directed, self-selected coaching model? And so if we know that people get paid to solve problems and make decisions, then shouldn't we teach them how to systematically do that? Hmm. And so that's why I built this model. If you, uh, if you go to my MTSU website, the, yeah, I'm the, bringing that back up now. The internet the was model is, wonky. is right. It, it's, uh, if you go under the five to arrive, and then if you go into that, you'll see a, a thing, a, a little blurb with a self-selected, oh. self-directed, self-selected coaching model. All right. You see, well, I got the site back up. Up, oh, that's in the. Oh, we're in the news here. So where do we want to go? Okay, go to. Uh, all right, just go go to that uh, mtsu.edu backslash cbhs success. Oh, we'll go back to that. Okay. So you, so you, is this like a public uh, PDF that anybody can get a hold of? Sure, I don't care. <laughs> CBHS. Oops, I missed the H. See that? I got a spelling error. See that, ladies and gentlemen? Nobody. There's no such thing as perfection. CBHS. Success. There you go. Um, All right, now scroll down to uh, the five to arrive. That's a good slogan, by the way. Five to arrive. I got that from Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn says the same wind blows on all of us, the wind of failure, the wind of change, the wind of opportunity, the wind of success. It's not about the blowing of the wind. It's about the set of the sail. How do you build a better, how do you set a better sail? All right. So personal knowledge acquisition. See that, see right there. It keep going down where it says, uh, Oh, this graphic years. See right here where it says click here for the model at the very bottom of that paragraph. Oh yeah. There we go. So the interesting thing here is that there we go. Full screen. Boom. It's funny you bring up Jim Rohn again because we were, you were literally mentioning a description of one of his other famous co uh, quotes, which is, you know, we are the product of the five people we spend the most time with. And you were talking earlier about how, hey, you know, basically change your surroundings, change the people that are influencing you. That's that's what we need to do. So yeah, yeah. No, so, so look, look, we've we've already talked about a lot of these things. Look at reality. This is what I tell students or anybody. Here's the reality: you get paid to solve problems and make decisions. How you solve those problems and make those decisions define the results for that organization and for you. Those results are going to, going to lead to whether you move up, down, or stay right where you are in your career. That's called the Peter Principle. Okay. So that's where I start. And, and I'll say, does anybody here want to argue with me that this is what reality looks like in business? And you can't because it's so simple. Yeah. I love that. It's the truth. It's the truth. And so then you see the two sides, on, two pieces on the left and the right. The left is self-directed. And the right is self-selected. So let's look at the self-directed. Innovation means you go first. Mm -hmm. And it's you go first towards what? Towards the concepts and theories that you need in order to become gainfully employed. So concepts are big picture idea. Theories are big pictures idea that have been tested to be proven true or not true. And what we know is that theories lead to questions and questions lead to learning. Without theory, there are no questions. Without questions, there are no learning. Wow. That provides us frameworks. So I think there's four universal needs that people have in, in business. Opportunities to learn, grow in responsibility, contribute to others, and be recognized. Show me, Scott, where you in your company where there's four, those four things exist. Well, Colby, we can't. Well, that's where we're going to start. That's a framework. <laughs> and so then what, what I teach them to do is once they identify the concepts or theories, it's their job to go to Google and find an, a podcast article or video blog related to that concept or theory. Which you're there's no shortage the, on that. Yeah, you're making the learning relevant to what they want to become, which motivates them. Yep. That's so then once you, do, once you figure, you, you start to build the knowledge acquisition piece, then you move into the self-selected. And, and so it, it's hard work because we're not, we don't teach people how to do this, but the self-selected is how we write the problem ultimately defines how we solve the problem. Donald Trump stood up there at the beginning of his... Uh, uh, of his presidency and said, here's the 10 biggest problems America has, and here's how we're going to solve them. Obama did the same thing. And they see the problems in completely different ways, which allows them to solve the problem in completely different ways. So how we write the problem defines how we solve it. Hmm.
And so I teach them through that little front framework there, audience, stats, state, call to action. I mean, we don't need to get too deep into all this. No, but that's good. But, then, but remember when I talked about we don't teach people, you know, how to how to solve problems. Well, there's a simple problem solving piece. Problem, cause, consequence, solution, action. What is the problem? What causes the problem? What's the consequence if we do nothing? What is a solution? What's the upside and downside of that solution? And what action do you want to take? That's how we, that's called speaking up with logic to the people you serve. I'm loving this. We got to get this thing linked in the show notes. That's for sure. So then the outcome is never the outcome because feedback is where we learn the most and it starts over again. So that's my self-directed, self-selected coaching model. Well, and actually I love how it closes out on the feedback piece there because aren't we also looking for a, uh, creating that said feedback loop, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But if you totally. haven't, if you haven't done this earlier work, what kind of feedback loop are you in? That's right. Yeah, this is great. Oh yeah. Well, I'm definitely saving this link. We'll make sure this link so people know where to find this, uh, in the show notes. This has been powerful. I love this Colby. Well, it's, it's, I have released it to the world, so feel free to share it and, now, do you, do you do you have this saved on your own site too, or just on the MTSU for your? Just uh, on the MTSU. Okay. I would put this as a as a free PDF in in a in an email option. Get people to opt in your email list. That's a free giveaway right there, man. That's sorry, I can't help it. It's my marketing brain. <laughs> I know, and, and you know what? I'm not I'm not really good at that, and and um, I need to be. But I'll tell you, you know, I've I've already written a letter. Jeff Sessions is from Mobile. Mm -hmm. And I've written a letter to him to try to get to, to the secretary of education. Um, because I feel like what we're doing at MTSU could be applied to, to almost every setting in education and really create great, great, create great change within education. So I, I can tell you, I mean, here. I've only learned from today's show and from where am I am today? My gosh, if I can go back in time or if I was able to influence somebody else in the same positions that I was at, earlier on to put them on a, on the, not just a different track, but the right track to get the right feedback your way. Right. I mean, this is heck just yeah. showed them that one little chart. That's a great, powerful chart. Seriously. You got to get that thing on an email list. <laughs> That's uh, that my little EGOT I give away on my website is nothing compared to that. Like that is so clean, so simple. Um, I love it. So ladies and gentlemen, man, this is, this is good stuff. All right. If you haven't watched this, don't worry about it. You're hearing this. Uh, this will be linked in the show notes for this episode on live like everything else. You'll be able to go back to this and download it. And seriously, just, if there's nothing else you take action on this show, do that. I mean, don't knock it till you try it, go download it and then see what you think of it. It'll take you right to his MTSU site. Uh, but Colby, we've had a powerful show today. This has been awesome. I'm glad Henry got us connected. Uh, you know what? You know what I said to Henry? Yeah. I said, you know, I said you're from Jersey. He <laughs> said, yeah. I said, you listen to Bon Jovi? <laughs> he, he said, yeah. I said, well, what's your favorite Bon Jovi song? And he didn't know who he was messing with. I said, mine's Runaway, so it better be damn good. You know, I mean, I went all the way back <laughs> to like their first album, and so he was like, yeah. You know, he starts laughing and doing all this stuff. But he's got a great show, does a great job, and. And was gracious enough to allow me to get connected with you. And so I certainly appreciate the Well, this time. is what we're supposed to be doing. This is networking. Yeah. This is because if I've got a platform and if we got through to just one person on this episode, yeah. once it airs, right? Yeah. That's how yeah. we're creating change. Absolutely. Positive change. But I appreciate you taking the, taking the time to put it together and make it happen. Hey, that's what I'm here for, right? We're trying to get back. But listen, you, you are the co-host today. So what I always yeah. do is I have the co-host close out the show quick. So is there any kind of final all encompassing message or like yeah. if they forget all this wonderful stuff we've already shared today yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe an excuse for them to follow you, right? Cause we're going to have all your social media profiles in there so they can actually click follow, uh, yeah. like whatever, whatever their preference is. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that success is something that everybody wants to try to understand and have more of. And so, um, it's defined in so many different ways. Success to athletes is picking yourself up off the ground just one more time. Success to a lot of people is the continued expansion of happiness. Success is, is about the setting and achieving of worthy goals. Uh, and so all those are, are great definitions of success, but I was driving down the road 
And I heard this one definition that comes from Thoreau. And I think it speaks to who you are and who I am and hopefully will resonate with your audience. But Thoreau said that success is about advancing confidently in the direction of your own dream to endeavor to live a life that only you can imagine where you will find uncommon success and common hour. And so for our chance to be together, to allow you to advance confidently and me to advance confidently in the direction of our own dreams and to endeavor to live those lives, to have the podcast, to release that to the world is such a powerful, powerful moment for all of us. And so that's what I would challenge the audience to, to think about is, is what does it mean for you to advance confidently? And what are you willing to do so that you can do that? And what is the direction of your own dream? Nobody else can define the dream for you. You have to define it for myself. And I did on this show, I told that story at St. Paul's School and AS Mitchell Gymnasium where I found my, my voice to coach and teach on an ever-increasing stage. So thank you for allowing me to be a part of your stage today. Guys, that was a great story. And, and powerful words, Colby. Hang tight, I want to give you probably a goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, if I could drop the mic for them, I'd be dropping them all over the stage right now. I mean, hands down, you better make sure you follow Colby, okay? I've already told you multiple times during this show. Again, all the social media profiles, all of his websites, and this amazing self-directed, self-selected coaching model, SDSS, will be linked in the show notes on livethefuel.com. So again, thanks for tuning in to another powerful Live the Fuel show. And so remember, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. And remember, you too can live the fuel. Talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, first off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7s resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brand section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just a quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight or improve your athletic performance, or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and e Pilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously, as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one -on -one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, uh, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you.
Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.